For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. My wife works at an elementary school, and uh, the students had to fill out some New Year's resolutions for next year. Uh, And she sent me a picture of one of them, because one of the kids... Uh, his resolution for next year was, next year, I'm going to not eat so many pickles. And that's the kind of energy I think we all need to bring into 2023. Not even I'm not going to eat pickles, but like, let's cut back on the pickles a little bit. You know, let's not, now's not the time, now's not the time for big changes. something small. Less pickles. My favorite New Year's resolution ever was my buddy John, who I was in a band with. And one one year, he was joking, I think, but one year we were talking about New Year's resolutions and he said, uh, this year no more ice beer. I don't even know if people remember ice beer. I don't think they have it anymore. But it was like, there was like Bud Ice and all these other beers. I think they were a little higher in uh, alcohol. They were real shit beer. But it just cracked me up. It wasn't like I'm going to drink less. It was <laughs> I'm going to drink less ice beer. I'm going to text him on New Year's Eve and be like, you giving up ice beer this year? Even though he's sober. So I don't know if it exists anymore. I don't think it does. If it does, my resolution is going to be to only drink ice beer. I'm driving back from uh, SeaTac Airport. Uh, did I say airport in a weird way? I might have. Uh, I uh, I switched to Alaska Airlines uh, for most of my flights. I used to be Southwest for most of my flights. I, never to Calgary because Southwest doesn't go to Calgary. But one of the things I like about Southwest, I mean, one of the things I like about Alaska compared to Southwest is uh, Southwest they do like funny announcements like stand up comedy version announcements like in the unlikely event of a water landing I know I wouldn't have come to work today (laughs) that kind of shit I can't stand it and I can't stand the over-the-top laughter some of the people have for these corny jokes, and then the clapping at the end. But my Alaska flight today, uh, I'm gonna say this guy did something worse than jokes. He just decided to do weird voices over the announcements. Different accents, different... So he would just do the announcements and he'd be like, in the unlikely event of a water landing, and then he'd switch over to like an old man, like secure your own oxygen mask first, 
And then he'd switch to a southern voice of like, uh, do not, uh, tamper with the smoke detectors in the lavatories. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? What community theater did you get kicked out of before you decided to take it out on us? And a few people clapped. I... I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. I never thought I would miss corny jokes, but at least that is a joke. This guy's just like, hey y'all, I'm doing the announcements. Hey y'all, I'm doing the announcements. <laughs> I'm doing the announcements. Like, what the fuck is going on, buddy? I'm a Ruby member, okay? And I don't care for this. Sure, Ruby's like way down your list of like, whatever. Ruby's not gold. That's probably what what he would have told me. Except he would have said, Ruby's not gold, y'all. Your zip code may also be used as a flotation device. If necessary, pull it up and away from the C-frame and put your arms with the straps on the other side of the cushion and rest in the upper body of the cushion. And paddle. Traveling with an infant, instructions to use an infant life vest or home prevent safety information card. And the line attendants will distribute the infant life vest immediately. Federal law requires you to comply with all crew member instructions, lighted signs, and post placards. Your safety and well-being are important to us. So please report any unwelcome behavior to a crew member. And remember that smoking, vaping, using chewing tobacco, and consuming your own alcohol are prohibited. A rain-snow mix. As I drive home, it's like 6 p.m., but it feels like 11.30 p.m. But compared to I was, uh, downright warm at 35 degrees. Cold in Calgary. How cold was it? It was cold. Does everything have to be a joke with you people? God. Minus 10. Which is like minus 30 something in Celsius, I think. I get confused on the minuses. I, I do know the, the, it's not exact, but the Celsius to. Fahrenheit, you can go times two plus 30. So like one degree Celsius times two would be about 32, which makes sense because zero Celsius and 32 Fahrenheit are both freezing temperature. Anyway, it was cold. It had been about 20 degrees uh, for most of the week, but then it got, that 10 minute walk I had to do, I had to do it in minus five. And, uh, my first instinct after walking for a couple, maybe a block, was to sprint the rest of the way to the comedy club. Because I was just like, I gotta get the fuck out of this cold. But I would have slipped on the ice, I'm sure. But I had, you know, I was smart enough to bring my coat you can like wrap around your face. But there was like condensation from my winter mouth breathing. And uh, my mustache froze. 
for a second I thought, is it, does it break off when it freezes? Am I going to have some a patch of mustache fall out? A long week, a very uh, Monday Monday through uh, Saturday long week in Calgary. Uh, I asked my doctor what's considered more than moderate drinking. Some of you aren't going to like this answer. He said for women, eight or more drinks a week. For men, 15 or more. All right, first let me address that some of the women are acting like I'm a sexist right now. I am merely relaying information from a medical professional. And you guys are like, fuck you, bro. This is the patriarchy, right? Here. That's what I, if I was a woman, that's what I would have said. When he told me eight or less a week, I would have been like, how dare you assume my gender? <laughs> I'm non-binary, that's 22. <laughs> you guys should not have laughed at that, because I, I will say it again now, and it's not going to go as well. I can fucking guarantee never said that before, and I'm very disappointed in all of us. <laughs> I just amused myself. It doesn't... And also, I'm impressed. I think I did the math right. No, I didn't do it right. You're holding up a finger. What does that mean? It's 23? Is that what it is? You guys don't know what 15 plus 8 is either. You guys are... A little intoxicated at the moment. You're like, we didn't know there was a goddamn story problem, bro. <laughs> you know. I talked a little bit about this last episode because I was still in Calgary then. Uh, I think the Monday show, we had 12 people. Tuesday, no show. Uh, Wednesday, 8 people. Thursday, 13 people. And then finally, Friday... It was like close to, close to a sellout, I think 70-something. And then uh, Saturday, first show was about the same. And then second show was back to 15. You don't want to leave on a high note. I felt like I had a really Gabriel Rutledge career-fitting moment. Because someone, uh, a longtime fan, who saw me uh, when I was doing something called the Boob Tour, which went all over Canada. It was a cancer charity tour. Uh, I guess specifically boob cancer? I don't know. But she'd been a fan since then. She came to see me, and uh, she's also a potter. A potter? A potist? She makes pottery? Harry Potter came to see Harriet Potter. That's what my mother-in-law calls Harry Potter sometimes. Harriet Potter. Uh... She, came, she brought me uh, a coffee mug with smiley faces on it that she made just for me, which was uh, very sweet. And also, I just thought it was hilarious. I'm big enough to have a fan who brings me a present, but it was on a show where there were 15 audience members. It's weird to do shows in Canada. I don't... I mean, it's weirder for Canadians to do shows here 
because there's more Kennedy gets more American references than the other way around but it's just certain little I don't know I feel like I'm at 90% in Canada sometimes you know there's certain little oh I have a joke that mentions Pabst Blue Ribbon I don't even know I don't I've never seen Pabst Blue Ribbon in Canada so then I yeah I change it to Coors Light does it work yes does it work as well as my normal PBR reference no and so there's like a bunch of little things like that just just lead up to like uh, a little bit of a handicap when I'm in Canada. I mean, it's not that big a deal, but it's... And then also, I don't know if it was this club this week, but man, just uh, every sexual joke I felt like was uh, a lot of groans and like, oh my, and it, I was like the cleanest guy on the shows. And the people were getting groaned too. Uh, but that was weird too. I want to be a dirty comic. I guess because I'm a, I was an evangelical kid, I feel like I am a dirty comic because of the topics I talk about. But I know I'm not compared to like, you know, actual dirty comedians. But I'd like to be, but I can't. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of jokes about sex and stuff like that. But if it's I don't know. People don't accept it from me. In fact, I just had a joke that I, I had to concede that, like, I'm going to stop doing this joke. It was like a newer joke, and it worked. Uh, you know, it. I, I would say it worked one out of three or four times, but when I say it didn't work, it wasn't like silence, like it bombed, but it was just... And then I finally had to go, look, I can't keep doing a joke with a 33% success rate. So, uh, I'll put it up online. A version that worked decently enough. I'll just make it content. But I had to give up. You can't bring that shit into the real world. I don't look. I can't. I am never going to say to my wife, whose pussy is this? I am never. You guys don't know her. But it's hers. She lets me hang out with it sometimes. I appreciate that. <laughs> She'd be like, was it, was it yours today? I pushed all your big-headed children through it. Like, <laughs> I was after a show one time, I was talking to the staff, not here, different club. Someone talked about porn, and I, I didn't bring it up, I swear to God. <laughs> and I was like, I do, I got so concerned, it's unrealistic. Like, if you're a high school boy, the first time you have sex, are you going to be like, now's my choker. You know what I mean? It's like, not... <laughs> You can grow them, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I said, how, how, many, how many women are even into that? There was four women in the club during this conversation, all four over them. <laughs> I took this field research home. <laughs> I'm a scientist. I told my wife, I'm like, all four of them raised their hand. And she was like, interesting. I was like, that's an interesting response. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I decided to do some more research. <laughs> the next time we had sex, hands going up the body slowly. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> 
stopped at the boob like normal, kept going. My hand was confused. We missed our exit. Where are we going? Where are we going? Slowly, I got to, I'm going to say I got to about the collarbone. And my wife very quietly goes, nope. I fucking love her. I love her so much. You gotta figure it out yourself. You have to do your own research. Four out of five dentists prefer Colgate. I married the fifth dentist. People don't want to hear me talk about things of that nature all the time. That's all right. I mark my progress uh, in my comedy act. A little inside comedy talk now. Uh, I, I mark my progress in my uh, my act. Uh, less in how much new stuff I have and more in how much old stuff I stopped doing. And obviously I stopped doing it because I have new stuff to replace it. But sometimes you gotta go like, yeah, I can't do this joke anymore and I don't need to. But the problem is when you, when, <laughs> when you pull one out Sometimes it's like a joke that like leads into a whole like, oh, I always do this joke and then I can talk about my kids. I always do this joke and then I can talk about my wife or some of the transitional jokes when you take them out, then you have to reassemble the puzzle, which was what I was trying to do in front of eight people in Calgary. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I solved that problem, but made a new one. I'll figure it out. But yeah, the jokes that stay around the longest are the ones that, obviously the ones that kill, you like to keep around. But even more than that, it's like, it helps you transition topics. I had a joke uh, I just put up about safe words, because I literally just said to myself one day, I can't do any more jokes about safe words because I had one a long time ago. I had an album called My Safe Word is Meatloaf. It came out in 2016. I stopped doing that joke and then I wrote a new one. So then it's like, I've been on and off telling a safe word joke for like eight years or something. What the fuck? Enough. It's not even my life. I mean, it's a fine joke. It's funny. It's cute, it's wordplay, whatever, but it's like... Most days, I don't feel that old. The other day took me 10 minutes to remember the word nectarine. You ever had that happen? A word is gone, now I'm a lunatic, I'm trying to describe it. I'm an, and I'm a little mad they don't get it. I'm like, it's like a peach, but it's not a peach. Do you know what I'm... It's like if you shaved a peach, do you know the fruit I'm talking about? And then finally I was like, you know what? I have got to pick a different safe word. Some of that shit hurt. <laughs> All right, I feel like maybe not quite the whole room knows what a safe word is. That's fine. Uh, we have time for a quick TED talk. Uh, a safe word is the word you say during sex. You guys had sex? Shit. Okay. Uh, when two people care about each other, or they don't, not my biz. The safe word is the word you say to let the other person know they, they have gone too far. A 
lot of times it's fruit. I don't know why. But banana, pineapple, very popular choices. I think if you're at an orgy and you yell out fruit salad, the whole room freezes. No, you're right. I've never been. I'm not living a safe word life. I'm occasionally having sex with my wife while most of our clothes are still on while kids bang on the door. I'm not living a safe word life. Our safe word is, did you remember to lock the door? God damn it, did I just write a new safe word joke? Son of a bitch. No, no more! But then I stopped, you know, I stopped doing that joke. I'm not saying I'll never do it again, but it's not, I'm not doing it anymore. It's a 30 second joke, but for some reason you pull it out of the act and the whole thing crumbles like a comedy Jenga gone wrong. Ideally, you don't want the crowd to ever notice you transition. You, you, don't, you don't want it to be like you're a semi-truck shifting gears up a hill like, here we go, new topic. Right, right now, I think I have a, a gear shifter too, uh, which is fine. No one in the crowd gives a shit. It's just me. And in Calgary, they groaned anyway. Am I going back to Calgary? Well, probably not anytime soon. <laughs> uh, they wanted me back, and uh, I said the amount of money I would need to either do the full week or I said I will take this amount of money you just gave me to do it Thursday through Saturday and they said well I don't think we can do that right now we haven't really bounced back after COVID maybe down the road a little bit so whatever I'm proud of myself for not just saying yes but I've been going there forever. I've known, you know, I've known one of the people since he was a kid. And he's like an adult now. Since it was a different location, since it, you know, that's hard. I'm loyal. I've been with the same woman since I was 19. I'm loyal. So it's hard to go like, I can't, this doesn't make economic sense for me anymore. And I had no, I had no uh, negotiating power. I can't be like, well, we had double digits audience members sometimes. <laughs> we only canceled one show this week, so I think I deserve a little more money. I did like that condo though. It was right next to a uh, cannabis store and a dog grooming establishment. And man, the, the, the combination of smells, the mix of marijuana and dog shit really just made the marijuana seem stronger. Have you tried our new dog shit strain? 
It's mellow, but it's got an edge to it. So I, <clears throat> I hope I get to go back someday. Uh, it doesn't look good. But I, I, I really do, you know, you do form relationships uh, with people when you go somewhere a bunch of times. I'm going to guess 8 to 10 in my life. And, uh, you know, it sucks, but it's also like I got to be smart. A couple of funny things happened when I was there. Uh, one is uh, they didn't have my name on the reader board. There's a big reader board out front, like, appearing this week. They didn't have my name until Thursday. They finally changed the name. Uh... But the part that made me laugh the most was the person whose name was on there had not been there the previous week. They had been there two weeks ago. Uh, that made me laugh. Also, they eventually fixed it, but they put out some uh, online promo that was like, last two chances to see Gabriel Rutledge, except they didn't say Gabriel Rutledge. It was my picture, and it just <laughs> it just said, artist's name. That's what the poster said. Last two chances to see artist's name. That cracked me up. <sighs> Let me have a sip of my $4 water I got at the airport. <sighs> I actually like my water like I like my women. I mean, I'll do it anytime, but I enjoy it more when I'm thirsty. Hmm? I, uh, <clears throat> I'm probably not going to, uh, I'm going to take at least one week off from the podcast. Maybe two, but at least one week off. So, uh, you know, might be my last one of the year. I think it's my last one of the year. So, I mean, I will say, uh, thank you for listening. It's weird. I have, you know, occasionally a video clip that gets millions of views, uh, a dry bar comedy special that's like 800,000 or, you know, hundreds of thousands of people following me on different social medias. But the several hundred who listen to this podcast, uh, I, it's the we, you know, it's like the most intimate I am with any, anyone. I mean, not my family, but you know what I mean. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening to whatever this is. Uh, I have trouble even describing it to people other than uh, I play audio clips and ramble in my car. What do you mean you don't want to listen? So, uh, I thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks to the people who actually give me five bucks a month. Uh, and even if you don't, who gives a shit? Thank you. I thought what I might do, uh, when I was out walking around, I had a memory of something I wrote about in the book I wrote in 2020 that is scheduled to be out in 2073. Uh, and so I thought, you know, while I was still in the old, uh, comedy condo, I thought I would read a little bit from the unreleased book. I had, I had the memory because I was walking through the snow and, uh, I was thinking about 
something I wrote in the book about walking through the snow. It ended up being longer and uh, a bit more meandering topic-wise than I remembered it being, but whatever. Uh, so, we're going to go out with that. Uh, we're going to go out with an uh, excerpt of a book reading. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all who celebrate. Except for my Jehovah Witness listeners. <laughs> as far as I know, that's just my buddy one who lives in Montana. But whatever. Take it away, pre-recorded me reading a book. Bye, guys. June 14, 2020. Home. One night, when I was a little boy, right before I fell asleep, I noticed there was a piece of cheese on my nightstand. I remember that night I prayed to God that if he wanted to prove to me he was real, when I woke up the next day, that piece of cheese would miraculously be cut in half. In the morning, I sadly saw that the cheese remained as it had been the night before. And then I probably ate it. I can't remember. For years, I have considered that cheese prayer to be my first crisis of faith. And maybe it was. But for some reason until right now, it never occurred to me that a kid who sleeps with cheese on the nightstand might have a bit of a food issue. I did give you a chance, though, Jesus. A chance to prove your existence with a celestial fart joke. It's actually a bit concerning how many of my memories are attached to eating or drinking. I don't remember what time Maisie was born, but I know it was pretty late because I went and got Christy and I jack-in-the-box afterwards because not much else was open. Sometimes I'll smell something that takes me back to a food memory from long ago. I went to the Starbucks drive-thru today because Christy had a gift card. I feel like I have to justify the reason I went because I usually avoid Starbucks where I live anyway. They're a welcome sight when I'm traveling, though. The best coffee or anything else in a city is something to seek out in a week-long visit. If I'm barely going to be there, give me a chain where I at least know what I'm getting. I'm sure there's a cool spot across from where the library used to be where they have the best tacos in Colorado. But my show is in two hours and my flight leaves at 6 a.m. tomorrow. And I saw a Chipotle a block from here that's going to get the job done. Women always have a Starbucks gift card. Usually they don't use it, they just re-gift the same card to another friend until it eventually makes its way back to them. But today, Christy broke the chain. She got a mocha, and as the smell filled my car, I was transported back to the first time I had coffee of any kind at age 17. I had a double mocha from the espresso stand in front of the grocery store, Peterson ShopRite, where I worked. I didn't really know what a double mocha was. I only chose it because the person in front of me ordered it. I fucking vibrated the rest of the day. Grocery store employees weren't even heroes then. In the early 90s, we barely gave a shit about firefighters, let alone retail employees. It was a much simpler time. I started at 4.25 an hour, so it needed to be. I've had a million coffees, but very few mochas since that day. But the smell still holds a place in my brain. The first drink I bought in a bar after I turned 21 was a whiskey sour. I'd been 21 for three weeks already, but I waited until Christy turned 21 so we could go out together. You're right. I was a thoughtful boyfriend. 
Not sure I've ordered a whiskey sour since that night. Once I learned it's possible to get drunk without getting heartburn, there was no looking back. Some of my food memories are embarrassing. I'd had prawns probably a few times in my life, but the first time I ate them with Christy, she had to teach me you're not supposed to eat the tails. She must have felt like I was a foreign exchange student to Earth as she watched the love of her life crunch on a crustacean tail in a restaurant. No, sweetie, we don't do that here. Crunch, huh? The first time I had Subway, I was a teenager on a church choir tour. The host family we were staying with had recently opened a new franchise. I got roast beef. I remember my meat choice for that sandwich in 1989, but I have trouble with what year my children were born when they ask at the doctor's office. I also remember my parents gave my older brother and I $100 in spending money for the three-week trip, and I spent $7 of it on a box of powdered donuts on our first bus stop before we even left town. My much more responsible older brother, Sean, just shook his head at my stupid white powdered face when I offered him one. Sean lives in Seattle now and still makes much better money decisions. He offered me some money in March when he knew my job went away. Very generous of him, but I told him I'll be okay. Sometimes you have to just buy the donuts and have faith it will all work out. It's funny the careers that impress you when you're a kid. I remember thinking owning a subway was the pinnacle of adult success and achievement. Man, they can get free sandwiches whenever they want. I also remember it being delicious, which isn't a thought I've had after eating Subway in decades. I'm not sure if that's because it's inflated in my memory or if maybe it was better then. After Subway, we went back to their house and watched Steel Magnolias on VHS and tried to pretend we weren't tearing up in front of each other. I can't guarantee the accuracy of my memory, but I think we were in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, because I know that's the trip we went to the water park inside the world's largest mall there. Teenage me would have been surprised to learn it at the time, but someday there would be a comedy club in that mall that wouldn't return my emails. Mostly because email didn't exist then. I did work at the shittier club across town above a bowling alley more times than I should have. I slipped and fell in that mall water park. Lifeguards immediately rushed over with a stretcher to see if I was okay. I was fine except for full-bodied, red-hot embarrassment. I was already feeling less than confident to be walking around with my almost-a-man boobs out. I really didn't want to lie flat on my back on a stretcher and have everyone watch them fall to the sides while they walked me out. Also, where were they going to take me? Auntie Anne's for pretzel treatments? Spencer's gifts? Sorry you fell. Would a fart-scented candle help? Tell him you hit your head and you'll get 20% off. I say I was insecure about my body then, but I've seen an old picture of me from that trip where I was wearing the beyond tight blue sweatpants shorts of a young man who was very proud of some of his parts. I didn't really look like I was trying to show off my dick as much as I was really trying to showcase my testicles. The amount of moose knuckle I was walking around with on a trip where we were singing songs about our Lord and Savior was downright disrespectful. The blue silhouetted teenage penis in that photo. <laughs> the blue silhouetted teenage penis in that photo was a foreskin and a lifetime ago. There has been a fair amount of discussion about circumcision being cruel to newborn baby boys, but I can speak with great authority that it is most certainly unpleasant to do to grown men. I developed something called phimosis, 
which is basically constricting foreskin, so I had to have a circumcision at 28 years old. They're so cute at that age. Oddly, it was the same year my son was born, and Christy and I decided to not circumcise him. Big year for penis decisions in our house. The procedure went well enough, but the recovery was pretty rough. I'll spare you the unpleasant specifics, but let's just say it was gross and it hurt. Also, in the middle of the night, I would wake up in great pain if I got an erection, which quite annoyingly, I would. That part of being a man has always concerned me. When I wake up with an erection, I always feel a little betrayed, like my dick was making plans without me. I was sleeping, bro. Where did you think you were going? If someone knows me well, or a comedian I just met, somehow finds out I was circumcised as an adult, they always have the same questions. So I will answer those questions now for you. Masturbation felt better uncircumcised. Blowjobs feel better circumcised. Intercourse is the same. Take this knowledge and go with God. I started writing about the first time I had Subway, but like an erection in the middle of the night, my penis came up for no reason. I asked out a girl who worked at Subway once. I'll call her Allison. Might be her real name. It's not really your business. It's not her name. Allison doesn't sound right, even for a fake name, though. Becky? Heather? Phyllis? When I was 19, I frequented a subway where Phyllis worked. She laughed at my jokes. I asked her if she wanted to go do something sometime, and she said yes. We ended up hanging out a bunch of times as friends, I suppose is what she would have called it. At the time, she said she didn't want to date anyone right now. I think that was true, but she was definitely having sex with some people. I had a little trouble getting on the have sex but don't date list. One night she came over to the apartment where my band live, super drunk, and I called her a cab and told her she needed to go home before she did something she regretted. Just kidding. That was the night I got my first blowjob. I had some girlfriends when I was younger that probably would have done it, but I was way too scared and I was afraid Jesus was watching. Now I hope he is. After Christy and I got together initially, I stopped dating her because I thought I still had feelings for Phyllis. Okay, now I don't like the name Phyllis because it sounds like I had feelings for an old lady who had a dish full of hard candy stuck together in her house next to her rocking chair with an afghan on it. But it's too late. It has already been settled. I think I was just caught up in the idea of Phyllis more than the reality. I couldn't just fall in love with Christy, first because we were pretending we just had a physical relationship, but also you don't just hook up with a friend one night, accidentally put your finger in her asshole, and then live happily ever after, do you? I was pretty sure that's not how it worked. I had bravely asked a girl out who worked at Subway. I had already started a story I wanted to finish. I wanted my boldness to be rewarded with a relationship or love or something, a sober blowjob maybe. Free sandwiches would be nice. I was 19, and I wasn't sure what being in love even meant. She wouldn't have been right for me even if she did return my feelings, but that didn't matter because I was waiting for the story my brain and heart and imagination had already written to transpire. I had a crush on a girl right after high school. Amanda. Might be her real name. It's not really your business. It's not. Cindy? Amy? Phyllis, too? I'll stick with Amanda. She was cute and nice, but it was really the kind of crush where I thought she seems right for me more than I have to be with her. I'd known her a little in high school, but she was in one of my community college classes and we talked a lot. 
I knew she was also a virgin, so I thought that seemed perfect. In hindsight, perhaps not. Two people who don't know how to fly a plane aren't any more effective than one. She worked in a store downtown that sold ceramic dolphins and other weird, breakable things. I was in the neighborhood a lot, so I'd stop in. I thought it was going well, but I didn't really know how to take it to the next level. I was still living at home at the time, but I shouldn't have been. In the six months I had lived at home after high school, I got my ears pierced, got an orange half mohawk, and a stupid tattoo of two eyeballs on my shoulder. Right around the same time, Christy, that's her real name, although I might call her Phyllis tonight, got a tattoo on her arm of a bowling ball with the number 77 on it for reasons unclear even to her. It was a pretty mild rebellion I was going through, but still a little much for my evangelical parents. More than once, I had to sneak back in the house after staying out till 5 a.m. when my dad was already up getting ready for work. Not that I would have gotten in trouble. I just would have been embarrassed. During the time Amanda and I were in the same history class, there was a big snowstorm. Big for western Washington, anyway. Five or six inches, which is enough to shut us down. There's about three snowplows in the state, so the roads are never cleared until it starts raining again. I decided I wanted to walk to Amanda's house. That's the kind of shit we did before cell phones. I don't even remember how I knew where she lived, but I did. She still lived at home, too. It was a few miles away, so it was no easy task. The snow had turned the familiar terrain into a quiet and beautiful experience as I crunched the first set of footprints right down the middle of the road since there were no cars around. On the way, my brain had plenty of time to start writing the story of Amanda and Gabriel. Remember when you walked to my house in the snow? That was the day we had our first kiss. I didn't even know what I was going to say when I got there. Hey, I know this is kind of weird, but it's just so beautiful outside and I wanted to see you. Maybe too creepy? Hey, are you surprised I know where you live? Definitely too creepy. Hey girl, look at all this fresh virgin snow. Reminds me of us a little, right? There was a little more cardio involved in my spontaneous romance walk than I had anticipated, so I slowed down and tried to look less sweaty as I got closer. I didn't really drink yet, so most of my stay-out-till-5am nights involved eating. Shit, am I really going to do this? I came all this way. I have to. Her dad answered the door. Hey, is Amanda home? He looked concerned. No, she's not here right now. Okay, I was just out walking and I thought I'd see. Thanks. Uh, okay. I was already turned around. On the seemingly much longer walk home, I wasn't making the first set of footprints anymore. The whole trudge home, I had to be mocked by my own previously hopeful steps going the other direction. The way there me was an optimistic idiot. The way home me wondered if she went on a snow walk to her crush's house. Amanda and I were never to be. Her loss and her butthole's gain. It's so jarring when people don't feel the way you want them to feel about you. What do you mean our story is over? That's not how I wrote it. Sure, I wrote it without you, but still, respect my work. Many years later, Christy got her bowling ball tattoo covered up. I'd always thought about getting my two eyeballs tattoo covered up as well. A few years ago, I was on a tour of North Dakota and Montana opening for the band The Bellamy Brothers, which was hard as hell. Lot of overalls in the crowd. 30 minutes of family-friendly comedy before the band starts is tough, but it paid really well. 
When I had an off day in Missoula, I got my tattoo covered up with the same design Christy used for hers. I didn't tell her until I got home. I told her it meant we changed, but we changed together. She loved it. I think that's what love is. It's when you're with someone who's writing the same story you are.